Hey everyone, welcome in to a, another daily editorial here on the KE Report. In this daily editorial, we are introducing a new company to the show. The company is called Happy Technologies, traded on the TSX Venture Exchange under the symbol HAPB and on the OTCQB under the symbol HAPBF. We are chatting with the CEO, Yona Stern. Now, Happy is a wellness wearable device that using magnetic waves delivers different molecular signals of compounds, compounds such as caffeine, CBD, nicotine, melatonin, a wide range of different compounds and a constantly growing portfolio of these magnetic waves creating different molecular signatures. Now, Yona, because this is the first time on the show and there's a lot of background on this product that the company has, it is right now one product. However, there are plans to expand into a few other avenues. Let's start off with this wearable device. The background being, I understand the company holds the licensing agreements for this product to get into more personal use areas. Take us through the background of this product, please. A hundred percent. And thank you very much for having me, Corey. The the technology itself upon which Happy is based and for which we have an exclusive exclusive global license goes back about 15 years. It comes out of the U.S. military. There were a bunch of guys, scientists, I think somewhere in the south of France, actually, who were trying to measure the molecular strength of specific compounds. What they discovered was that every single compound, everything that we put in our body has a very specific magnetic signature, all of its own, almost like a little song that it sings. And what they discovered is for the vast majority of this stuff that we put in our body, like caffeine and nicotine and THC and CBD, melatonin, all of these compounds that are contained in things like coffee and cigarettes and additives that that we put in to change or optimize the way we feel, the, the interaction with our bodies actually is at the magnetic level. And your body contains a bunch of little listening devices. The cells in your body, the organic cells in your bodies are tuned to listen for these magnetic signals. And when they're present, they trigger the reactions that we all know. Um, nicotine makes you focused. Caffeine makes you alert. Adenosine makes you drowsy. Melatonin affects your sleep cycles and makes you sleep better. So where the scientists went next was, wait a second, if we can capture these signals and if we can figure a way to play them back in such a manner so that your body can hear them or your cells can hear them as though you had ingested these substances, can we basically build uh, Spotify for how you feel? Could we basically build, if you will, an iTunes for moods and feelings without having to ingest the substances themselves? Well, the short answer is yes. And the company that created this was based in Seattle and they've spent the last decade and a half doing all kinds of research for creating medical devices. And about Two years ago, they decided to spin off the technology into a company called Happy, specifically for, let's call it non-therapeutic, non-regulated applications like sleep, 
and focus, which, you know, happened to fall into a $4 trillion category called wellness, uh, which, you know, consumers around the world are spending lots and lots of time and energy focused on. So that's what happy does. It bypasses ingesting a bunch of stuff to optimize how you feel by doing it digitally. I like that, Yana, the, the Spotify of feelings. One of the things that the company has that's unique is in addition to the actual hardware that you know that what you wear around your neck, the band, there is the subscription-based service that your users have where they can upload these different blends, these different magnetic signatures of these molecules to simulate those different feelings. And as they're a subscriber, as you come out with new blends, they're able to upload their application and, and put those new inputs into their device. So how do you see this growing and how do you see this maybe playing into the SaaS side of technology and this wearable tech? Well, Shad, that's a great question. And I think it really cuts to the core of the way we're going to market. And, and I think it's a business model that a lot of your listeners are going to be very, very familiar with. So if you think about our core technology and you think about what is our product, the way we think of it, really happy is a platform. You know, the core technology or the core benefit that we're bringing to people really are those signals, really are those blends that affect the way you feel. It's that Spotify engine, if you will. It just so happens that in the short term, the only way that we can deliver that is through this headband or neckband that is currently, if you will, it's our Sono speaker. But longer term, bigger picture, this technology can and will be built directly into consumer products. So think about getting into your car that is happy equipped. So the happy technologies or the happy coils, the same ones that are currently broadcasting through the happy neckband that you buy, could be built directly into the car seat. They could be built into a headband that you wear while you're playing sports. They could be built into your jacket. They could be built into a pillow or the chair that you're sitting on. At CES this year, um, we just showed two new form factors that are going to be launching this year. One is a bed topper, so it's built into your bed, and a sleep mask. I mean, really, only your imagination limits how far this can go. In the short term, it's a, it's a necklace that you wear that produces a super low energy magnetic wave. But ultimately, we see our technology being built into consumer devices. Now, where does that take us from a business model point of view? Well, in the short term, our view is we want to onboard people, expose consumers to all of these blends and all of their wonderful benefits without any of the deleterious side effects you get from ingesting all of the stuff. And the way we do that is, is by selling a device, right? And, and our view is if we can get a device into a consumer's hand at break even or better, that covers the cost of the marketing and covers the cost of the device, then the subscription model is really the long-term driver of the economics of our business. And you know, as you kind of move forward a couple of ticks, uh, and you think about where is this company going to be two, three years from now, when the technology is already built into other devices you might own, like a set of headphones or your car or the first class seat on the airline that you're, you're traveling in, 
then it's all about subscription, right? And you, you remove that gating item. So right now we're really excited because it looks like we'll be able to scale this company by selling devices and onboarding and onboarding consumers into the franchise. And because the benefit is so sticky, the profit that's generated is really on the subscription side. But this is really at its core, a subscription business. You know, the reason I, I use the analogy to Spotify is that's really the way we see the business. The device part of the business is a gating item to provision the product, but the core product really is a subscription into this library of how you can feel better. Very interesting, Yona. And it does sound like two revenue streams here, but most importantly, you want to get this device in as many people's hands, get them wearing it so that they can experience the different moods that this device can lead them to. And really the different blends that they can experience. Let's talk about commercialization then, because this product is available. It sells for around $300 to $400. And well, you can buy it from your website right now. Where do current sales stand? And what is the commercialization path then to truly get this device into unique players' hands? So if I just turn the clock back a little bit, when we look back at 2021, this product was first commercialized at the very end of 2020. Um, that's when we started shipping the first of our units. And we probably spent uh, the first half of 2021 just really ramping up our ability to actually ship the product to consumers. And most of the early sales were through word of mouth. It was really only in the kind of the middle of Q3 and into Q4 that we started to experiment with spending money on marketing and getting the message out and seeing if we couldn't optimize that, if you will, direct to consumer approach, drive traffic to a website, identify people who might be interested in better sleep, better performance, lower anxiety. You can well imagine that's a huge pool of potential consumers. The good news is Q3 in 2021 was our best quarter ever. Q4 beat that. And um, as we look at Q1, uh, we're doing ex exceedingly well as well. And what we're slowly iterating towards uh, is that economic model where we can sell a unit, you know, net of cost of goods and marketing at break even or better, which basically means that that would give us from a direct to consumer point of view, the ability to bring people into this subscription franchise at effectively no cost to the business. That's where we're working. We've onboarded a really great team, folks who come out of Therabody, folks who come out of Peloton, Mattel, Stitch Fix. That's what the marketing team looks like. And our primary focus really in the early stages has been to figure out and optimize that economic model around direct-to-consumer. Complemented with that has been a bunch of inbounds we got from folks who are already in the wellness industry, wellness professionals, chiropractors, all kinds of health professionals who are saying to us, hey, I'd like to integrate HAPPY into my wellness protocol for my clients or patients. Can I become a dealer? You don't have to hear that too many times to say, ooh, maybe that's a channel for us. Maybe we should complement this direct-to-consumer approach with a B2B2C and build out a wellness dealer 
network. And so that's underway as well. So you're going to see a lot of focus in, in both of those areas. We've had inbounds from large retail. I think you'll see more news on that from us later this year. We just have to basically be in a position where we can actually manufacture enough. We're gearing that up in a major way as well. But right now it's primarily direct to consumer and a B2B to C distribution network through health professionals. Uh, but we'll be onboarding third-party retail in the back end of this year as well. Yona, I wanted to ask you a little bit more about the dealer network because just in addition to health and wellness, you know, it seems like there could be other applications where dealer networks that already exist could utilize this tech, things like athletics, physical therapy, you know, the military, students. So how do you see that shaping the growth of the company? How much of it could be on this dealer network side? versus the business to consumer side? Well, the nice thing about dealer network is we're dealing with a, with a product that is extremely disruptive and that is eating into a market with a huge, huge TAM. Like I said, wellness itself is over $4 trillion. And just the wearable portion alone is like 130, 140 billion and growing rapidly. So... I think the interesting thing for us when we see the dealer network and the power that it has is that it provides us the opportunity to provide consumers with a testimonial and a voice of authority and also the opportunity to trial the product before making a commitment, which is a big advantage that that channel has over, say, direct-to-consumer, where they're coming to a website, they're learning about it, we're providing them with all of the opportunity to, to trial at no risk. But certainly, you know, if you show up at a physiotherapy appointment or with a sports psychologist or somebody who, who you're already trusting for advice and they're providing you an opportunity to try the product and are giving you some guidance around it as well, we think that that's going to accelerate quite dramatically. So, Yona, I'm curious as to where the break-even is for the company when it comes to device sales and then transferring that over into the subscription base. Obviously, the subscription model does provide higher margins. Can you also combine that with what the forecast projections are for this year in terms of sales? Well, we finished last year with selling a little over 5,000 units. And as you guys know, you know, on, on average, the product is selling from anywhere from $299 to $399 uh, US, depending on what channel it's moving through. So you can get a, a pretty good idea of, of where revenues came, came in last year. And we see a, a material step up this year in terms of revenue. And our expectation based on our model is that from a run rate perspective, we can achieve break even somewhere in, near the back end of this year with very significant growth year over year. And it's exactly as you pointed out, the, the anchor of this business is a very high margin subscription uh, business. So if you can bring new consumers into the franchise at break even or close to it, net of marketing and cost of goods, and you've got a high margin subscription business uh, that has a high retention value attached to it sitting on the back end of that transaction, that's a very attractive economic model. Well, Yona, I realize this is hard to estimate, 
But I, I'm curious as to how big you think the market for this device and the other devices like the, the bed toppers and the eye masks and all of that, how big do you think this market could be overall? And what's the competitive landscape? How many other companies are trying to do something similar? That's a really great question. You know, when, when we first started looking at this as an opportunity, there are a number of ways that we triangulated uh, towards estimating what our opportunity was. You know, one was, okay, what's the market for wearables? So it's over $100 billion, 90 something odd percent of wearables all do the same thing. They measure stuff and give you bio data, right? So whether it's Garmin or Whoop or Aura Ring or Apple Watch, what all of these devices basically are, are monitoring devices that feed back your bio data to you. And then they put it into some funky dashboard and explain to you why you're so lousy at being a human being, right? What they don't typically offer you is a solution, right? We're the flip side of the coin. So what that says to me is that there's a hundred billion plus market for people very interested in understanding what their bio data is. That established market uh, is probably ripe for the flip side of the coin, which is the catalyst for improvement. And we're seeing that when we target Aura Ring users on sleep, or we target Whoop users for recovery and performance from an athletic point of view, our results are through the roof. So, you know, that's a, that's a relatively large pool of consumers to focus on who've already stated by investing in wearables that they're very interested in optimizing their personal performance and would be very interested um, and very receptive to what we have to offer. That's one side of the coin. The other side of the coin is let's look at the primary areas where we bring consumer benefits. About 60% of our users claim to use, and when we look at the data, uh, it's borne out, use the product for sleep. I will tell you on a personal level, that's what convinced me to get involved in the company. I'm 59 years old. For the four years leading up to my association with Happy, which started last June, I was waking up at 3.30 in the morning every morning, and I couldn't go back to sleep, just the way things were. And I was very reticent to put something in my body to change that cycle, but it was very frustrating for me. And I tried happy and I put it on deep sleep and I slept through the night and it fundamentally changed my life. And I can point you to thousands of stories just like mine. Sleep itself is $140 billion. Sleep additives. People are, are spending that on optimizing their sleep. It's a huge category. All indications, my own experience included, are that we've got a better mousetrap. And so I think. Uh, when we think about on a standalone basis with mattress toppers, our headband, and our upcoming sleepy sleep mask, I think we can take an, a fairly large bite out of that apple, even before we start to integrate with folks like the large mattress manufacturers or other manufacturers of uh, soft goods uh, and furniture. So I think as you kind of look through the various solutions, anxiety, weight loss, focus, athletic recovery, each one of these is a category that in and of itself is over $100 billion. And so even if we were to 
take a modest bite out of each one of these apples, those numbers start to add up uh, quite significantly. So how high is up? It's always difficult to say when you're kind of creating a new category, but the categories where we're offering a, a solution already have well-established consumer spending patterns, as I said, into the trillions. All right. So the potential for other products and other sectors to get this into, I understand. There's a lot of potential blue sky out there. Before we get you out of here, Yona, can you take us through, besides just increasing sales for this year, what are some of the catalysts that investors can watch out for, news flow-wise, coming from the company? A lot of partnerships. As I said, we were at CS. I don't think a lot of people went to Vegas this year just because of COVID. I could tell you our booth was overrun and uh, we're in active discussions with a bunch of household names who said, wow, this is great technology. We would like to integrate into our consumer value proposition. We would like to elevate or escalate the, the value proposition of our products and services by adding this as a feature. You can anticipate those types of announcements and even just our quarterly increases in revenue and subscribers are something that I would keep a close eye on and some of our marketing partnerships. I think it's it's noteworthy for a technology that is so disruptive and so early in its developmental cycle to see so many partners hopping on board. I think that's a testament to the opportunity and you just you'll you'll see a fairly steady news flow around those types of partnerships. All right, Yona, I appreciate this intro. We're going to have you back on the show in a couple of weeks and we can dive into a few other aspects of the company, like some of the other products that you can bring on and some other revenue figures that we can run over. If anybody wants any more information on Happy Technology and the product, please feel free to email us, fleck at kereport.com or chat at kereport.com. And as I mentioned, we will be bringing Yona back on the show in a couple weeks' time. Yona, thank you for this introduction, and please keep us up to date on any news that drives this company forward, please. 100%. Thanks, guys.